we record our our episodes two weeks in advance, so we didn't get a chance to address this in the actual episode. So this is a little segment that we're putting at the beginning of of the episode that we're going to publish this week because Just we couldn't Star Wars, yeah, yeah, at the beginning of Star Wars because we couldn't we couldn't let something that is going into the public eye not address what's happening in the world in some way. It's happening in um, in the States in some way. So we're going to just talk about it for a little bit. Uh, yeah. So before you get into your, your Star Wars episode, we're just going to kind of take a minute um, and we're going to talk about kind of what happened with, with Jake Blake um you you probably already know what happened if you have the internet but uh just in case you didn't uh, another unarmed black man was shot seven times in the back in front of his family uh for getting into his car that's jeez man like what's go- what's going on you know that's that's crazy that that's happening and it sounds weird but i mean it's always been happening it's just it still doesn't get any less crazy anytime i see it yeah um and then of course there was protests this this happened in wisconsin and there was there's protests and these civilians kind of took it upon themselves to to start aiding the police with their own militia and this 17 year old kid ended up uh gunning down and killing two protesters i think he injured some more too (sighs) yeah um this this podcast i like i was telling carson this before this podcast has been like a, a moment of levity for my summer this up and we're recording um just kind of everything that's been happening in, in COVID, you know, like it, it kind of affected everyone, which is the first time I've seen something affect everyone in some way, you know, from like a personal standpoint. I haven't been alive that long. I'm a pretty young dude. And then going into this, it's like, wow, like this is something that affected everyone. And then, you know, this podcast was kind of a moment of levity for me just kind of putting these episodes out for you guys we don't we don't have a lot of listeners but it's still it still feels important um yeah so i'm tr- i'm not trying to to ruin the vibe of what we usually produce i just felt as me being black and more so us all both me and carson being human we kind of had a responsibility to talk about it um, yeah, this year has been defined by the phrase, where were you when? Because like every, just every week, it seems like there's some sort of new tragedy or event taking place. This week in particular has been pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's troubling times for sure that I'm trying to think of like, positive ways you can spin this because i'm always i'm always trying to look at you know believing in stuff happens for a reason 
I think the way, I think the one thing that's different about this happening is that COVID, you can't really, we can social distance and do all that stuff. And you have a personal responsibility to do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you can't stop COVID. At the end of the day, you can't stop this, the two hurricanes colliding if it actually happens, this natural disaster that's going to happen. Like you couldn't stop those things, but I think you can, this is the one where you can actually make, we can begin to make a difference. This is in, in some way a lot in our hands, a lot in the nearby's hands. Put yourselves in the people's shoes that have been affected, who have been, the multiple people who have been killed or, or injured through police brutality and through all of this. And just put yourself in their shoes and think about what we can do to correct this wrong that has been happening for, for as long as there's really been a law. For as long as there's been police officers, it's been this kind of... To me, this this wrong goes back further than as long as there's been police officers. To me, this law goes back as far as as, as long as there's been in North America. Yeah. This has been a thing. Um, America being built off the backs of slaves. This is, for 400 years, I think this has been an issue. Um, and like anything, progress isn't a steady climb. It dips and it goes up just like our uh, our listener count um it dips and it goes up and i think right now progress is on the climb the shitty part about that means it's up it's an uphill battle so i think for the next little bit it's going to be pretty tumultuous mm-hmm. um you know what's what's been really crazy about this is seeing uh, these like I've been watching like the Republican convention and I've been like seeing these people online trying to like flip what's happening in like the other light. I've seen people say like, oh, you know, like protesters are looting and stuff like that. And like, you know, I've seen like black people fight back with the police. So it's necessary. It's like, well, you idiot. That's literally what racism is. <laughs> seeing like one person do something and then saying all of them should be shot seven times in the back now that's insane and then second of all um this is a point um that my family and i have made before like countless times when we talk about this stuff and i think i've heard trevor noah say this too but it's kind of like um looting is is essentially the breaking of the promise you make with your community and society when you live in a community, you make this kind of promise that you abide by the community's standards and rules. Um, so, like, that's why literally Walmart isn't friggin' empty anytime you walk into it. Um, because most of the people uphold the rules of that community. And I think this looting's a way of saying, like, hey, you know what? Our end of the bargain, we kept up, but you didn't keep up yours. So we're breaking our, our contract. I think that's what looting signifies. I don't think it's necessarily good, but I don't know if it's bad either. And it's also a time when just a lot of people are angry right now. And I can't say you can't be angry for this. Like, I totally get it. Like, it's frustrating. Um, so before we kind of close this off, I kind of wanted to address the Canadian audience. 
Um, I think a lot of time living in Canada, everyone assumes this stuff only happens in the States and it doesn't apply here and we're Canada and everything's great. But to me, that's just as bad as saying, you know, it's not the cops fault. Um, there's a different type of racism here, a quiet racism, where maybe you're not always outwardly, you know, killing people and getting away with zero to no consequences. But, you know, you'll smile in someone's face and go home and use slurs or, you know, call your friend nigga or, you know, your uncle makes some sort of comment about a group of Asian people he saw and you let it slide. Um, So I'm speaking towards the Canadian audience right now when I say, I think as people, we all have a responsibility, as Carson was saying, to just put yourself in the other person's shoes, you know, have some empathy. And next time, you know, those type of comments are made or someone says something or does something that you knowing your heart isn't right, speak up for it. Um, I'm not saying I do this all the time either. A lot of people think I get a pass because I'm I'm black, you know. It's like, no, I think I think we can use this kind of what's happening right now as an opportunity to better everyone, you know, better yourself and kind of use this to change maybe maybe you can't change the world, but maybe you can change your community. Yeah. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Uh, yeah, I just want to end with saying with all the hate going on, just approach everything with uh, approach everything with a little bit of love. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and just put each other, put yourselves in other people's shoes. Yeah. And have genuine un- unjudgmental conversations about educating each other on what is what we need to do and what is actually happening right now exactly this is um this is a generation if you were born around the same time that me and carson are this is no longer a generation of your parents this is the generation of you and the change starts with you um, you are the future. So love each other and love yourself. Um, all that stuff being said, enjoy the Star Wars episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Babylon with the boys. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. My ex-wife left me for the pool cleaner. And no, I do not mean my pool cleaner, Fabio. I mean a legitimate bottle of pool detergent. Well, don't worry, Spencer. I'm Karst Driven, by the way. We might be joining your ex-wife in the Outer Rim after this episode releases, because we're going to be talking about a very, very divisive group of films here. We're going to be talking about Star Wars. The War of the Stars. Or as um, as black people call it, hey, wasn't Samuel Jackson in that series? Um, l- hopefully the fandom won't rain down on our heads with fury and hellfire. I don't know, man. I think I think my head's gonna look like the Death Star at the end of New Hope. <laughs> yeah, okay, that wasn't as funny as I thought. Let's get into the episode. 
Let's get right into it. Spencer, what's your number five? Before we start with number five, oh, let's right. just refresh everyone on the rules of how we do our top fives. Mm-hmm. So we're doing top five uh, Star Wars films, our personal picks. You can obviously tell that because you have eyes and read the title. Unless mm-hmm. you didn't, in which case, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, so with our list, just to keep things fresh and so we don't go on repeating ourselves, we go down our list, working our way from five to one. We go back and forth. Is number five. I say my number five. Now, if we have the same pick, so if like I say my number five is blah, 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 and Carson has that pick later down the list, then he will say check. Check means we'll just come back to it when it's on his list so we can talk about it in full. And if it's not on the list at all, then you just say zoink. And that's kind of how our setup works. So, yeah. Now, let's get into the the list. Yeah. Spencer, start us off. Okay. So, my number five. Um, it's it's Rogue One. That's that's my number five. Okay. That was that was a close soink. That is a very honorable mention. Okay. Okay. I'm glad. Cause like we I talked a little bit before we recorded this, but I was like, yeah. When I was picking this list, I was like, mm. by number five, I just picked something. I was like, hey, this was pretty good. Like, the top five, really, they don't have to be, like, 100% amazing. Like, the fifth place can be pretty good. And Rogue One was pretty good. Um, Considering that we're talking about Star Wars, and it's a pretty popular series, I'll give a pretty brief description of the plot here. But uh, this one essentially follows a... Another colorful cast of resistance fighters uh, planning to steal the Empire's blueprints. It acts as a prequel to the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's directed by Gareth Edwards, who directed uh, Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's starring Felicity Jones, uh, Donnie Yen, uh, Diego Luna. It's To me, this one, it starts off, and I was into it, don't it lost me a little in the middle because it gets a little like exposition dialogue heavy in the Mm. middle. And then I was concerned because going into it, I was like, we all know how like this ends, you know, like that's the, that's kind of the danger with doing prequels. It's like, well, you know how it ends because we know the result of this, but they still managed to make the last act like really entertaining. Oh yeah. And yeah. So it was like, and I like the variety in which like, the characters do things like i love the fact that like donnie yen is a blind ninja like i think that's really cool so it still kept me like invested so i applaud them for that and then of course like you had stuff like the the darth vader scene which i didn't expect to see in there and that was awesome and all the what was that um i was just freaking out because i love that stuff i love that darth vader scene that's so good beautiful i love how how that caps it off too yeah he just goes like he just goes crazy he goes crazy and you get to see the full power of Darth Vader like you haven't seen it before yeah he just go he goes straight up nutty i'm not gonna say Mm -hmm. i I won't say the n-word right now but he goes nutty Mm -hmm. ninja Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 
goes complete off the rails and just just slays it literally um so that's awesome all everyone does a pretty good job like the cast wise yeah. some cool shots in there I, in terms of like chemistry like for the most part you buy you buy the friendships when there needs to be friendships and you buy that there's tension sometimes and i I enjoyed it. Like, I walked out. I wasn't expecting too much because, like I said, it's like how much tension can you really create with something that we all know how it's going to end? But they managed to pull it off, and it was pretty good. So this is my number five pick. Yeah. Uh, Anything to add? I I just really – I really like it because it feels like a war film. It feels – Yeah. It has great space battles. It um, brings in – Oh, well, it brings in some characters that you know, like hints of, like it brings in um the the general, or I'm not sure what rank he is from, uh, Return of the Jedi when he's like, "That's a trap." What is he? <laughs> um, Admiral Akbar. Admiral, Admiral Akbar, Akbar. That's his name. It yeah. brings. It's a trap. Mm-hmm. And he leads like the big assault at the end. And it has Saw Gerrera wonderfully played by, um, what's his name? What's his name? Last King of Scotland. Uh, um, kind of a lazy eye. Yeah. Ooh, Forrest oh, no. Whitaker? Hmm? Forrest Whitaker, yes. Yeah. Something with a forest. Um, yeah, he does a really good job, and it kind of has that connective tissue through other stuff, because you see Saw Gerrera in Clone Wars, and you see him in Rebels, and he, he was just yeah. in... I just started playing um, Jedi Fallen Order, and he was in that too, and I was like, right. gosh. Yeah. Very interesting character. And, yeah, you get to see this um, echoes of the main trilogy, but you don't have... You don't have a Han Solo. You don't have a... Um, Luke Skywalker, you don't have an Anakin Skywalker. You have a Darth Vader, but only for hints of it. Exactly, yeah. It has this beautiful way of just um, fitting in seamlessly to it, but also like standing out and giving you a story of people that you don't get to see as much. Yeah, to me, this is is how you add on to like a story. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't it doesn't like change really how you view any of the others in a negative way it just adds on to the lore which i it's good because i feel like a lot of times when people do like prequels and stuff they just it's so unnecessary where you're like i I didn't need to know what you just did but like okay but like this one i felt like there was there was some weight to it and everything that they showed tied into something else and it had purpose so yeah They, they pulled it off yeah, um, and Donnie Yen, that, as you said before, the blind, the blind ninja, that like also has kind of a force sensitivity. He's not a Jedi. Yeah, he's not a Jedi, but he's kind of like a monk. He's of that religion. And yeah, I feel like that's really cool. Like when he's always like, "I'm one with the force, and the force is with me." Um, <laughs> it's. I made a song with that. Oh, you mean nice, nice. Not like a real one. I just used to sing something to myself. Great. Ca- ben Mendelssohn as the villain yeah. is a great yeah. villain as well. He is, yeah. His 
his back and forth with Tarkin, even though Tarkin is CGI, I, <laughs> it's still still pretty good. Still pretty good. I feel like they should have. Part of me feels like maybe they should have recast Tarkin. I feel the same way. Um, there's like there's something about, and I'm not saying like the CGI wasn't bad or anything, mm-hmm. but there is something about kind of like. When you have this, like, CGI puppet interacting with a real human, like, I have an example right in front of me of, of how a real human reacts and acts to things, because that's a human actor, and now it's, like, next to this imitation of a human, and it just stands out more. So, like, I feel like if they recasted him, I just would have... Like, it's it's not an unrealistic expectation for people to go, like, oh, well obviously they can't use that actor anymore so like yeah recast yeah. him like i don't think it's you know what i mean yeah i don't think anyone would have been upset mm-hmm. but they're probably i feel like people might have been a little bit upset but it would have been the same amount of people being upset with the cgi kind of weird thing yeah like they're gonna be upset either way so yeah but yeah Anyway, was there anything else? I think that's the whole kit and caboodle. What's your number five? My number five, it was close to being Rogue One, but I decided to go another way. It's another one of the newer ones. It is 2017's The Last Jedi. Oh, really? You're starting off with... You're just jumping right into the controversy. I'm. You just grabbed a firecracker and said, let's... Let's just friggin' bite the head off right now. What a guy. Okay. I commend you. It's a zoink for me, but I commend your 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 stones to do this. Well, I get that people don't like it, but a lot of people do like it. A lot of people do like it. It has split the fan base. Split the fan base entirely in half. But I gotta say, it's my favorite of the new trilogy. Wow. Like, okay. It did stuff with Star Wars that I've never seen before. Um, it didn't feel like a retread of stuff that we've seen before. Yeah. Which I really appreciated. Directed by Ryan Johnson. Um, yeah. Who is one of my, probably one of my favorite directors working right now. Like, I love Knives Out, I love Looper. I love Brick, and I love this film. Like, He's, yeah, yeah. I love this film, even though there's a whole chunk of the film that is pretty, that is pretty bad in my opinion. What chunk are you? We uh... the the chunk where they go to um to the casino planet. Yeah, where where Rose and Finn go to that casino planet, and the whole thing with Rose and Finn. That, how there's kind of a romance going on. That was so unnecessary. And especially seeing how it, it turns out in the movie that follows this. Yeah. They, it feels like... Well, part of me feels like they took the the very... the very ballsy decisions, the very, like, definitive decisions that they made in this one and kind of just switch them all in the next one. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't actually hate... Because I know there's people who, like, hate this trilogy. I don't hate this trilogy. In fact, 
I don't I don't think it's that bad. I think there was a lack of focus and they didn't trust uh the d- director's visions enough to just commit to that. Cuz like you said last Jedi, hate it or love it, like it takes a lot of guts to take a Star Wars story and go screw that, we're doing this. Like literally that that movie just was like Nope. It's the whole movie can be summarized by when Luke just grabs that lightsaber and just goes, Nope. He just took he took what you thought was gonna happen and went, Yeet, just threw that shit off the cliff. And like that takes a lot of guts. Whether oh. you hate or or love that movie. And okay, and another thing, people don't like the how they don't like how Luke Skywalker is in the film. They don't like how his character is like this kind of shut off from the force, but kind of still part of the, um, he's part of the force, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to spread it. He doesn't want to, um, train other Jedi because it's yeah. like he's failed as a Jedi master, which I, I, it's pretty plain to see that that would happen if you're in that situation. If you're, if your nephew, if you felt evil in your nephew and um, by making brash decisions and not talking to him about it first and kind of almost killing him, like kind of threatening him in a way instead of actually having a having a nice conversation with your nephew and then him fully turning to the dark side because of that, of course you'd be heartbroken and you'd never want to be you never want to have another Padawan like it. That is very understandable. And I, I like that because that's, that's one of the things, with, especially with the new series, where it's like the first and last one are pretty much retreads of the same old Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. But the second one was like, like, if we just do that she goes there and he trains her and everything's perfect, then we're just doing Yoda again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, let's try something different. So like I said, I admire that they, they tried something. Yeah. Going back and watching this one, maybe I don't hate Rise of Skywalker as much going back and watching it after I've seen Rise of Skywalker because there are hints of, yes, she's she goes right to the dark side. Yes, she does all that stuff. But there's also bre- like definitive decisions that he makes when he says, when Kylo Ren tells her, you're... you're family were drunk were junk traders they weren't these all-powerful beings and that that makes sense because not mm-hmm. everybody has to be a skywalker not everybody has no to be, yeah not everybody has to be related yeah yeah and it's I, like i don't know i feel like this the third movie is just kind of damage control yeah because like but here's the thing don't worry about like the people who hated it, because there are people who love the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So like you please someone, so aim that movie at the next, like aim your next movie at those fans. I think, because mm-hmm. at least it, it creates consistency. And I, I have to say, as long as we're not talking about getting away from the controversy part of it a little bit, Mark Hamill's performance is probably one of the best performances in Star Wars. Yeah. It's probably one of his best performances other than every time he's ever played the Joker because that's just 
Mm. He is very good doing the Joker, but like there's something there's it has parts that aren't as good, but it has parts that are pure magic. Like the throne room fight, the um whole thing where he kind of like does a astro projection of him oh, yeah. into the fight. My goodness. That was that was crazy. That was like I when it was revealed that he was because of course there's hints like he has a haircut and all that stuff. There's hints that it's not actually him. But yeah. it still surprised me a little bit when they when it had him be like natural production and it wasn't just him standing there. Like it shocked me. And the whole thing with whole thing with after Kylo Ren kills Snoke. Another very controversial thing. But, I, come on, you're a Sith Lord. You should... Rule of two, you gotta kill your master to become the master. And that's what he was yep. to do. He wanted to become the master and train Rey. And that's what you do in the Sith, in the Sith Order. You kill your master to become a master. Yeah, that follows the rules. It follows the rule of two. And when... He actually reached out his hand to Ray to be like, let's build, let's join forces and build the new stuff together and we can rule it. I was like, I might actually, I might actually take that offer. I, I, I would, I would actually like, want to see that. Part of me was like, I'm feeling tempted right now. Like, I'm feeling tempted to go with this guy. He, well, we can roll together. Maybe we can not be as evil. You know. Maybe. Maybe. Like, that is the first time in the whole series that I never felt that I felt the Sith and the dark side wasn't pure, like, evil. Like, I have to kill it. Like, I have to kill it right now. We have to kill it. Like, it wasn't like <laughs> It was powerful, man. It was a very good movie. And let's move on to the next one. Oh, yeah. Hold on. We, okay, we promise if you're still with us after this, which I don't know how, but if you're still with us after this, we'll try to speed up the next next couple. uh, Well, there might be a couple checks in here. Oh, yeah. No, we know there will be. We know. All right. Let's get on to number four. (laughs) It's going a little long. But let's get to our number three. So Spencer. No, what? Number four. Number four. Oh, number four. Number four. What is your number four, Spencer? What is Spencer's number four? You see, this is what I mean when I was like, okay, it's going to be a little con, a little controversial. Okay, we got, I got Force Awakens at number four. Okay. Force Awakens. Um, which yeah, is a zoink for you, right? That's a yeah. zoink. I, well, I kind of already spoiled that when I said the last Jedi is my favorite of the of the new series. Yeah, but I do really like Force Awakens. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, for me, this one is at number four because it. Uh, I feel like it was a good introduction to a new series. Like we got the new, we got the new trio, you know. Like, oh, these little misfits. 
and then we had the original trio. So it's like it was like a send off. It was a nice passing of the torch. There was nothing too upsetting. There was nothing like too crazy either. It's essentially just like if you've seen a Star Wars movie, it's a Star Wars movie. But it was like what what was that? No, I'm just making I'm just you you gotta get used to me making faces at your Oh okay. at your I, stuff know. I don't wanna interrupt you in the middle of a in the middle of speech, but you, you made a face that looked like Bill Burr was talking to a Christian for a second. I, I just I I wasn't sure what's going on. Okay. Um so Force Awakens. Uh again, I'm gonna be brief with the bio here because like if you're watching this and star wars is pretty popular already you don't really need a huge explanation of the plot but just in case you forgot and want a little refresher the new trio backed up by the resistance has to stop the new order from wiping out the republic and find luke uh this one's directed by jj abrams which he directed uh the star the star trek reboot too right Mm -hmm. i find that so hilarious that he like (laughs) Like, the two fandoms that just despise each other are, like, <laughs> there's a bridge in between. But, yeah, uh, it's uh, starring Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac. And then, and then you know why? This is at my number four. That's right, you hear the lightsaber in the background. This is at my number four because we still got Harrison Ford in this bitch. We got we got Princess Leia up in the hisse. Like it was nice to see the original, the original three still doing original three stuff, just like with new context. So it was it was nice. It was good. Um, I I actually quite enjoyed the whole concept of like Han dying the kind of the way he did. Because it's like, oh, that lights a fire under under everyone's ass. If that doesn't, I don't know what will. So I enjoyed that. Like like I said, this was just like an inoffensive movie. You know what I mean? Like, I can't really complain about too much. They just, they made a Star Wars movie. And they executed it pretty well. I liked, I liked the cast and I liked what it set up. And when I saw this, I remember thinking like, I'd like to see where this goes. And what's interesting is in this new like trilogy from this movie, like the second one kind of is its own thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of its own entity. And then the third one is almost like a sequel to this one. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like the third one, while yeah, it's a sequel to technically the second one, it's closest in tone to this one. So it's kind of, it reminds me of like the Indiana Jones series. Like you had like Raise the Lost Ark and stuff. And then like how like Temple of Doom was just like in the middle of this like kind of like weird, dark, screwed up movie. Mm-hmm. And then like you just have the other two. So it's it's like, I didn't, that's part of the reason I didn't expect what Last Jedi was. Because like of where this was, the where I thought it was going from this. I thought we we're just going to get like three inoffensive Star Wars movies that were just trying to like right some of the wrongs of the prequels. You know what I mean? Just kind of like wash the taste of Jar Jar Binks out of your mouth. I honestly thought that's what was going to happen. That's why when I saw the second one, I understand why people were so mad because this one makes it seem like that's what it's it's going to be. And then the second one's like, 
no, we're taking risks. And everyone's like, I don't like change. I don't want it. I don't like it. And then they start crying about it. But, yeah. The main complaint coming out of Force Awakens was it's too much like A New Hope. They have a new, they have a star killer base instead of a Death Star. And yeah. It's all, like, it's all like A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, have, but, and then they switch it up in The Last Jedi and people were upset about that. But I still, I still gotta say, I love this film. Yeah. Again, same with, um, Mark Hamill in The Last Jedi. Harrison Ford in this film. How good is a really that? good send-off is, of his performance with everything with um, Kylo Ren at the end, right before he dies. Yeah. Uh, and everything with uh, everything with Chewie when he, find, when he uses the crossbow and he's like, oh, I've got to get me one of these. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Even using this, I like this. I I love that stuff, and yeah. I like the initial concepts of it, like starting off with the storyline of a stormtrooper. I love that idea. Yeah, who doesn't who doesn't feel like he belongs and tries to break out of the out of the first door and tries to save Poe Dameron. Like that's a cool that's a cool opening concept. It's funny because, like, in any other context, that's just such, like, a cliche thing. You know what I mean? Like, the one who doesn't feel like they belong and then break out of the system. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the context of a stormtrooper doing it, it becomes fascinating. And I think that's a really good idea. On on paper. On paper. That's a, like, really smart idea. Um, he slowly becomes less relevant throughout the series. So. I know. <laughs> So it's like, it's cool for this movie. And then everyone's just like, I don't know, send him off to this planet with this random wench. And <laughs> so like, yeah, this is this is the movie where he still matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also nice, I think, you know, uh, to kind of see like a, a person of color in, in the the trio. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had, I have like, you know, friends and like they have like little siblings and stuff who thought who that meant a lot to them but that's cool you know when you're growing up yeah you can get your get your john boyega action figure yeah so yeah i think that concept was really really good on paper and then like i said kind of disappears throughout the trilogy but the first one it's still there it's, it's here and ha- having a the having bringing that diversity into it i got yeah it was good for this one. They kind of, yeah, they kind of do away with him in the other ones and kind of like, I think, what do we do with him now? Hmm. Yeah, I think they, what's funny is like, there were so many possibilities and they just kind of threw it out. <laughs> I, fair enough, whatever. I'm not going to complain that much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. That was probably my, my, my six, maybe seven. That was right up there. Right up there. Right. Anyway, my number four mm-hmm. is Star Wars. Episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Check. It's check. All right. All right. Um, 
All right. Let's get Check, on to three. Please. Let's go to three. All right. So we get to talk about, um, well, is it my number three to go first? Yeah, it's your number three, Mike. All right. I like how we're just doing this, like, inexplicably, just for no reason. All right. So my number three, um, as you recall, Carson just said it. I checked it. Revenge of the Sith. All right. Yeah, okay. Revenge of the Sith. This is one that I feel like we're going to have to defend. I don't see why we have to defend it. They're, okay. Some of the performances, especially Hayden Christensen. Yeah, but if you didn't like Hayden Christensen before, then you already knew what it was going to be. So, like, to me, that is already, you already know. You already know that that's, if you didn't like him before, that's not going to be something you like here. But everything else is freaking Granny's Peach Tea. Yes. Not, well, Granny's, if we're talking actually Granny's Peach Tea, if we're talking like the 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 Ponzi scheme of Granny's Peach Tea, like just, just a piss in jar. Oh, wait, that's a Ponzi scheme? No, no, like, don't, from, back, no, be, yes, no, I know. You p- piss in a jar and call it Granny's. Call it Granny's Peach Tea. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, I remember, I was there. We, we digress, we digress. Um, Friends of the Sith is one of the best Star Wars films. Thank you. What is the matter? Like, okay, yeah, like we said, the performance of Hayden Christensen, questionable, but like, think about it. That is one of the weirdly, like, weirdest, darkest movies in, like, the entire series. Yes. Like, holy, that's, I just admire the, the stones they had to just say, and then Anakin goes and kills a room of children. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy and awesome. What I mean, don't not awesome that children are dead, but, like, yeah. awesome that they, they're like, hey, this guy's a bad dude, and we don't mind explaining or, you know, demonstrating why he's bad. Yeah. And it gave... It might be because of our age. We are younger, so we, of course, this is... But this was kind of our first exposure to the magic of Star Wars. And it does have some magic. I'll tell you right there. Yeah. Like, it has some of the best action <laughs> scenes in a Star Wars film. Hell yeah. Like, talk about... Talk about opening with a bang. You open... They're on this, um, they're on General Grievous' starship. They gotta fight through. They fight, um, Dooku. Kills Dooku. Um, goes and, like, th- then they, like, crash the ship. Uh-huh. And, oh. Oh. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. So good. So good. So Another good. happy landing. Another happy landing. Hmm. Yeah, so good. What when he fights General Grievous, he hops down. It's like he does that classic hello. <laughs> it, great, it's good, man. Like it's it's good. The you open- got you got the opening. You have you have like the entire thing with the uh, freaking. Oh, I don't know why I just like lost my train of thought in the middle of what I was gonna say, but uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, you know what? Natalie Portman is actually pretty good. Like, I, I don't know. People she does seem she to not does. like her that much in this series either, but I'm like, she's pretty good. Like, I don't... 
I don't see the problem. She does the best she can with what she is given. She's given. Yeah. She takes like 200% of that Harvard degree and puts it to work. (laughs) She takes it. She goes in. She dives in head first like a reverse cowbird. She's just up in there swimming around. And good for her. Then on top of that, it's like just when you think, oh, this movie, you remember Samuel Jackson is in this movie. Okay, and that fight scene when, okay, they go in, I forget what he's actually called. And he's like the, the const, what is Emperor Sidious's like actual name? Counselor Palpatine. When he's, Chancellor Palpatine, that's Chancellor Palpatine. When they go to talk to Chancellor Palpatine and turns out to be Darth Sidious and Ian McDermott he did you know that Ian McDermott played um Emperor Sidious in the original trilogy he did he did he was 30 years old and they put all this makeup on him to make him look old and scary right and, but now he then he actually was old and scary then he actually was the old and scary and it works so well like my goodness, what oh, an amazing fight scene! Where let's have that like, like vicious like roar, and it's like he's pure evil, yeah. And just the lore that it created through the whole thing with the whole with the Order sixty six. Mm-hmm. Order sixty six has affected so much in so many different realms of Star Wars, like through. The Clone Wars, through uh, Rebels, through everything. Like, it, everybody talks about Order 66. It is the, okay, it is the Luke, I am your father. I mean, not, he doesn't actually. He says, no, I am your father. Yeah, but, it's that of the of the prequels. Of the prequels. Yeah. Damn. It's, I don't even, and then on top of that, like, even if you don't even think the rest of the movie's good, you would have to be blind, deaf, and dumb to tell me that the freaking climactic scene is not amazing. That lava fight, the emotion in it, the you're the chosen one. Like, that's awesome. That that was so good. That is actually, in there and all his freaking limbs are just chopped off like spaghetti. He's burning in the lava. Like, sure, he knew Darth Vader was somehow injured. Because he had the whole like respirator system on, but you didn't have to cut off all of his limbs except for one. Yeah, he got half a cornhole burnt in lava. You didn't. He. You didn't have to do that. Yeah. But, but you made it that dark. You went to that dark place. How did Darth Vader poo? I don't know. I think they. I think they have like a, like you know those onesies where they have like the, the flap. Ew. I feel like there's just like a mechanical flap. Ew. Yeah. Do you think he has, do you think he has scars on his butt? Well, it probably is burning on his butt. <laughs> his whole body was did. That movie's awesome. I don't I don't get the just disgust for it cuz like even in the original trilogy some of the acting wasn't like 100% this is amazing all the time. Even mm-hmm. some of that was questionable. Just suspend your disbelief. And enjoy the light show. Mm-hmm. It's 
It's really good, really good Star Wars film. Yes. Anywho. That, that was nice. That was nice to talk about that one. Wasn't it? With somebody that like really likes it. Hopefully we don't get murdered for it though. But anyway. I, I hear I hear them coming. <laughs> I hear them the footsteps of of the angry Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. My number three is also a little bit controversial, but not as controversial. But it's controversial where it is. It is um, episode five, or what it was called back then, The Empire Strikes Back. Just Ooh, yeah. I'm going to have to check that real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it might be a check, because it's a little bit low on my list. No, I think that's a that's an acceptable placement. All right, let's move on to our number two. Spencer, what is your number two? Some people may hate me for this; other people will understand. But my number two is a new hope. That's a check. <laughs> that's a check. Um. My, What's your my number, number two? My number two, I think this is it's Return of the Jedi from 1983. Yes. Yeah. Re- directed by Richard, Richard McQuand. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm Mark McQuand. Re- Richard Markwind. Oh, I, I was hoping it was McQuand because I find that noise funny, but okay. Mm-hmm. It. Spencer, this isn't on your list, is it? It's a zoink. My goodness. But it was at, like, number six. So it was a very, very, very honorable mention. I understand. I understand. This is a lot of people's least favorite of the original trilogy. But it, for the longest time, was my favorite of the original trilogy. And what's your reason? Well... It was the climactic thing. Like this was it. Everything was coming together. Everything that, everything that the first two had built up to, this was what it came to. And Luke stopped being that. Oh, I'm just a kid. I'm. I don't know what's going on. Um, well, like, and he was like, <laughs> he had the training. He had the like black cloak coming in, and he was he was force choking people. Luke was force choking people. And getting all crazy. My wife was force choking people. <laughs> was getting all crazy, and he was he was badass. He was badass in this one. This is true. He was. And Leia, like, sure, it's that the whole gold bikini thing. How Leia uh-huh. was kind of a, <clears throat> but you know, it was kind of a. Oh, do you mean like she was like, like sexualized? Yeah, she was sexualized, but you know, I don't care. She was hot. She was, she was, pretty, <laughs> she was pretty attractive. Eight and, eight year old Spencer didn't mind that much. Perhaps with modern social climate, it hasn't aged as well as no, wine. But no. uh, she was hot, so I gave it a pass. But then she chokes out Jabba the Hutt with the chain. I gave that a pass as well. That was badass. That was yeah. badass. Ass. And everything with the um with the ending, sure. 
there are the thing with the with the Ewoks. <laughs> the way you guys can't see his face, but he, he looks so like apologetic, like Yes, there are the thing with the Ewoks. But the Ewoks are they're cute. They're they I mean, like Star Wars at the end of the day, kinda like a lot of things meant for nerds is for really it's for kids. Mm-hmm. So like is it that crazy that there's fluffy characters in a movie aimed at like for families? I don't know. I don't think it's that insane or like offensive. And people are saying it should have been um Wookiees. They were originally planned to have be Wookiees, but they went with Ewoks instead because they were cute. But also, in that way, it makes it more of like an underdog story. If there were a bunch of um if you're on like a Wookiees of Wookiees. Then you know who's gonna win. Of course, they're gonna kick the the stormtroopers' ass. But because you're with um, a little bit less civilized of a race, the Ewoks, they only have like spears and stuff, and they're like throwing logs at stuff. They're not really. They don't really have blasters or anything like the like the Wookies have. There's more tension. There's more tension, and it's more of like a. It's more of that underdog spirit that you feel like. Is throughout any any of these fantasy journeys, yeah, and you really feel the tension when it was actually a trap when the when the rebel fleet shows up to take out the Death Star, the shield's not down, and they're getting their ass handed to them because mm-hmm. there's a whole there's a whole another fleet of the Empire coming in and they're they're being brutal. They're outnumbered, outgunned, outmanned, mm-hmm. um, outplanned. <laughs> um, but you know they took an all-out stand. And I, why are you rapping right now? <laughs> it's from Hamilton. It's from Hamilton. Um, oh. Mm-hmm. And the tension is so high in that in that scene, and you feel this anger towards. Um, the Emperor and that final thing when Darth Vader finally turns it's it's a powerful scene and having that last moments with his father it's a powerful scene like it's a very like it's a very powerful movie and also within that it does take like Yoda Yoda, this awesome character that he only met last in the last film, dies in this one. Mm-hmm. And you get that, you get that. That's like the mentor thing that he has to die because his training is complete. Mm-hmm. But also, like they they could have kept him alive. They could have just they could have copped out on that, but they decided to give him a proper ending. Yeah, and it's a great film. Wow, I really felt your passion in that one. Mm-hmm. Spencer. Oh, yeah. You already said your number. Number two, right? Yours is New Hope. Mm-hmm. Which this is was... a check. And this was a zoink. This was a zoink. Spencer. This was a zoink. And being that you... Or what? No. I checked you on on uh, Empire. I think we know yeah. what's about... Yeah, I might have to explain myself a little bit about that. 
But yeah, we're gonna we know what's about to happen. Let's get to it. let's hit it. Okay. Before we sing our little song or do our little dance. Yeah. I just realized that you did not explain yourself of not having Return of the Jedi on your list. You know, I'm tempted to just start singing Fields of Gold <laughs> as my response, but I won't because I respect you and I respect the people who listen to this podcast and I will gladly explain to you why I have movies like Episode 3 and <laughs> and Force Awakens over Okay, you want to know the truth? Here's the truth. Tell us the truth, Spencer. Here's the truth. I don't dislike this movie. Oh. But to me, the star, the original trilogy goes like this. First movie. Starts us off. It's a push. The last movie is when the cart is getting there, and then it finally rolls to that scoop of ice cream and all the kids get candy. That's a weird analogy. But, to me, the reason the middle movie means so much to me is because it's like it wasn't about the beginning or the end the middle one is about the journey and i love the other two movies but to me like i know i knew going in that this is gonna have a little happy ending and everyone's gonna be fine it was cool to see the battle and it's the climax and all that good stuff but i think the best part for me about Star Wars is always it's not when they destroy the Death Star, it's not when they find Darth Vader, it's not it's not when they like win or lose. It's like the journey to them getting there and just kind of seeing these characters uh grow together. And for me, that's why I have, you know, episode six at sixth place even though we're not ranking top six but if we were that would be like it's an honorable mention like it's really close to number five it's like mm-hmm. that close it just missed it um so that's kind of the reason mm-hmm. shall we all right man yeah yeah okay um you'll remember me when the west wind moves upon the fields of barley wait that's not the number one song that's still fields of gold okay Forget that. I don't know why I started singing Fields of Gold, but I did. Um, should we should we do a little song, do a little dance? Do do your take it away. <clears throat> Number one. Number one. Do your shoulders like this. Ooh. Do your shoulders like that. Oh yeah, he's doing his Ooh, shoulders. Do your shoulders. Oh, you're doing your hands. Ooh. He's doing his hands. Oh, he's here. He's here. Oh, right. the scuba. The scuba Steve. Doing the scuba. Um, so, Spencer. Yeah. Tell everybody what, you, what we already know. What, what's already been confirmed. The it's myth of the legend is true. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars movie. What a shocker. I'm shocked. And disgusted. Yeah, um, again, let's do a brief summary of the plot. You know, Darth Vader's all like, hey, Luke, dark side's a table for two. You know, and then like, Luke's like, I'm, I'm going to be over here with Yoda. Mm-hmm. You enjoy that mess. And then we still got the rest of the boys fighting uh, the Imperial fleet and all that stuff. And to me, this one was like, I love to see like Luke with Yoda doing his stuff. 
and Yoda's all like, Mah. I don't know why, but Yoda kind of reminded me of this like teacher I had in elementary school, and cool. that just made it more personal. But like I said before, because like I already kind of explained why I like this one. Already. It's like this one was really kind of the journey of getting there. Like Luke is getting to be the badass that he is, um, you know, and will become. And everyone's kind of like getting to where like everything's going to become awesome for them. So it's like it's a journey and there's a little more tension because like Luke isn't as sure sure of himself as he is in the next one. He's a little like, oh, I don't know. I don't know, Rick. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, a, little, he's a little, oh, I don't know. I'm sure. And then he starts starts using that force, man. And like I always thought the force scenes were cool. And that's just, it's really, to me, like, the, the, the heart of that movie has always been, like, the characters. And I, you really get to kind of see them evolving, coming into their own a little bit more from this. But still having, like, the sense of, like, we could lose this. There's still, like, a sense of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think, when I was watching this, I think this was my, I, I watched them with my dad, like, uh, the Star Wars movies. And I think this was his favorite, too. Don't quote me on it, but I think it was. And I remember, like, this was a good time. Like, we rented this one from Blockbuster. It was fun. We popped it in the, the DVD player. Everyone sat around. I just, I have very warm memories of this movie. And uh, that's why it's here. That's why it's at, at number one. Number yeah. one. So. I, I, I gotta say, of course, it is the it is what most people would say is the best Star Wars movie. Yes. And I have it at number three. I have it at number three because of kind of how you summarized it. Like, Luke is off doing his doing his thing with Yoda. Yeah. And like, that whole thing with Darth Vader at the end. Brilliant. Sense. And then there's the other boys. Which the boys. What's... <laughs> Well, it's Han and Chewie and Leia. Yeah. And they're trying to evade the Empire. And they just... It feels like... There is a purpose there, obviously. Because over the course of the movie, Han and Leia fall in love. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful part of the movie. But I feel like there's a reason they they never got their, their hyperdrive working. It, well, they, are you are you saying that it's kind of like I feel like they just didn't know what to do with them. Oh, kind of like stretched it out. Are are you saying that like you weren't a fan of the split up of the characters then? No, I was. I'm a fan of the split up of the characters. Just give them a little bit more of an interesting thing. Like, sure, they were in the mouth of the of the world right. uh, on the meteor, and they were going through the meteor thing, and that was cool. And they kept. It was pretty. It was pretty creative how they, like, kept evading the empire. Yeah. But. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Right. Like it is in Return of the Jedi, where it's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. It's it's a little more like. There's less to. That's what I meant by kind of. It's about these characters on the journey because there's, like you said, there's not like a lot of like. Whoa, that's what a scene. It's more like everything just kind of serves like as the backdrop to them falling in love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
like to feel because for the next movie when like things take place and stuff like you have to kind of buy that they are in love with each other so like you have to I, they tried to like sell it but they kind of sacrificed some other story elements that could have been added to sell yeah. their relationship so i understand that the, their relationship is really sold as well i really like you really feel them slowly falling in love even though han solo is a little bit he's a little bit pushy he's pretty pretty interesting character there he's a but, little um, uh, he's a little ooh, ooh, kooky he's a little kooky but um yeah. but he's persistent you know he's persistent, persistent. yeah sure leia loves that and then um <laughs> the whole thing with lando's really cool and all that stuff and how they end it ending it on that crazy cliffhanger like what what is going to happen next like Han Solo's frozen kryptonite and given the job of the hut like what that was the that's I call it the uh I mean Star Wars came first but it's the uh, the infinity war mindset yeah where it's like you have the movie before the last kind of big hurrah but I like that because it's like for you to feel better when they win you have to feel terrible when they lose that that is true. That is true, but I feel like because I feel like partially it's tainted because, of course, I knew going in the twist, twisty. The, well, everyone everyone knew the twist everyone, now, and I'm sure back then everyone was like, <gasps> you know, and yeah. like inhaled hell. But that, that's something I wish I could go and like wipe my brain of that of knowing it. And then just go into it. Then you're like, <laughs> yeah, there's so many movies like that with like a twist, and you're just like, oh, I wish the twist wasn't so popular. Like Psycho and like The Sixth Sense and stuff. Like I saw all those movies already knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just kind of like it's it spoils it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like this is great. It's a great like bring them to the lowest so they can go back up and be like, hurrah, we've done it. That's why I love yeah. Jedi so much. But yeah, it's a cool. I it's still my number three. It's just like the other ones a little bit more. I know what your number one is. We all know what your number one we, is. We all know what it is. I went back and forth with so with a bunch of this list, but this is my. I like I like the list how it is right now, and this is Star Wars. At the time, at the time in 1977, it was just called Star Wars. You yeah. went and you didn't know what was going to happen, and it's just a great movie, man. Directed by George Lucas. Yes. It's just this introduction to this universe, and it's probably the cheesiest. Oh yeah, <laughs> the fromage level. The Mafromage meter goes crazy when I see it's it's going ham. But it's so it's it's funny and it's talk about taking risks. The first like twenty minutes of this film, your protagonist is a robot. Is C three PO. Yeah, that's a risk. Yeah, it's three C three PO and R two D two and they're like this bickering married couple, and but it's great. They're sent off to Tatooine, and they're they're fumbling around, and then they get 
And then finally, you meet um, Luke Skywalker, who's going to be the hero of the story. And he's this whining little brat. And he's like, oh, I was going to go to the Toshi station to pick some power converters. <laughs> and... The way you said that is so dead on to what, what he actually sounds like. And, but from there, it just keeps going. And it's just Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness is my favorite master. Like a lot oh, yeah. more like Yoda, but I'm, I'm, I'm like an Alec Guinness. With Good his, for you. With his hello there and his way of speaking is beautiful and his iconic voice. His rich, his rich voice. Mm-hmm. And of course, the hero in it's a hero's journey movie, so of course, which is like kind of a script writing playbook that a lot of people go by where the mentor has to die or has to go away somehow. Yeah. Of course he dies, but he dies in such a wonderful way when he's to inspire Luke and inspire the rebellion to just take out this Death Star and it's awesome. And it's not all like, it's not a fast like right to oh, he has the force, oh, he's this wonderful, like, crazy hero. It's a slow burn. Yep. Where he has the force when he needs it, and he shoots that that small, little, little, minute um, air duct that can blow up the Death Star. Yep. And it's just like a fist-pumping movie. It's beautiful movie and it's a movie that you look at it now and you're like how did this get made i know right what the hell yeah this is this is this would never be made today no like forget that you knew know what star wars is if someone came up to a studio executive and said so listen we're gonna have this movie and it's gonna kind of be like a fairy tale but it's also gonna kind of be set in space and for the most part, the, there's not going to be any, like, big stars in the cast. You know, it's it's mostly just kind of these these B actors. And, yeah, there's going to be a lot of puppets and practical effects. And it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's that's my vision. And then the studio executive will probably look at you and be like, no. Because we like making money. <laughs> and shun you and throw you out of the office. But, no. I think it was made for $11 million. Something like that. It was made for like $11 million. And they just freaking went to work. Back then, that's pretty big money. Yeah. To like get $11 million. I don't even... I couldn't do the calculation with inflation what that would be today. But like... They they got a budget and they freaking made this movie. And it's like... That's what I mean when I say stuff like... There's kind of like an originality that's gone from film. Like, really, the stuff that gets the biggest budget is existing properties. Yeah, It's the Disney live-action remakes. It's the Marvel movies. It's the Star Wars movies. It's the stuff that has already been established and proven to make money. And everything else, you know, usually doesn't get that. Um, one of the few examples for me that came out, like, last year 
and I couldn't believe that it got the budget that it did. And I mean, it. I don't. I don't know how well it performed, but like Alita Battle Angel, oh, to me yeah. is an interesting case of like it's just like this anime that they're trying to pitch the Western world, mm-hmm. and like. I actually like the movie, but like even that, the fact that it got as big as a budget as it did. So like that that's very rare and far between now. And like the fact that like really almost everything in the seventies was kind of like an original idea. Like a lot of stuff there there wasn't like uh you know, there wasn't a lot of comic book movies. You had like TV shows, but you know, there wasn't really comic book movies. There's like Superman. You you have to be a very, like, only Steven Spielberg or James Cameron. James Cameron was behind Alita Battle Angel. Yeah. And he made Avatar 10 years ago, and that was the biggest um, opening original. That was huge opening. It's original film. Well, I mean, we say original, but it's really just for Ngoli with blue people. Yeah. <laughs> And dances with wolves and that stuff, but um, and Christopher Nolan, he's one of the few that are doing it. He's one of the few, exactly. Like it's it happens. It's just a lot rarer. So Mm -hmm. like, especially in film school, when you kind of start learning about like how pitches and everything works like that, and how like hard it really is to get a movie made, it just blows my noggin that like Star Wars: New Hope was was made and succeeded. And became this like cult phenomenon, mm-hmm. and then like this pop culture icon, and then this classic, and like everyone knows it. Yeah, and in this movie, you get the introduction of Han Solo. He who shot first. Don't don't get it mixed with that original. Don't get it mixed. Don't get it mixed with that with that special edition. He shot first, and Carrie Fisher, who's a very strong female character. In this day and age, where you don't, I I don't think there was really very many strong female characters. Maybe without maybe without Carrie as Leia, maybe you don't get um, Sigourney Weaver um, as Ripley as Ripley, an alien. Who knows? Okay, like I it, see that. It was two years later. Um, yeah, you don't. You didn't have very many f- strong female characters and. She is definitely strong. Like she gets tortured and her plan gets blown up, and she's still like she has a day. Yeah, she still she has, has a wit about her, and she's <laughs> still got, and she's still quipping, still quipping, even though her plan is blown. And maybe the stakes of a planet blowing up. Then, yeah, that's that's some stakes. Yeah, yeah, that's some stakes. But Damn. what? What? What a what a story mark! media, what a popular media juggernaut Star Wars is. I know, right? To have created from like this one guy that created like and made American Graffiti and like one other film to just be like, screw it! I'm making huge fantasy, sci-fi, crazy action thing with droids in it for the first 20 minutes and like bunch of crazy aliens and like uh, i said like it, at the time these actors weren't like as big as they are now you mm-hmm. know what i mean 
Like, that was a risk. Mm-hmm. They were unknowns, and now we're still, they're still coming out today. Films are still coming out today. And there's TV shows, and there's whole subsections of everything. It's in, it's a, it's transmedia at its finest. It's like in everything. There's books, TV shows, games, everything. Mm-hmm. Well, hope we didn't like go too much on Star Wars. I hope you're you're enjoying our Star Wars ranting, and I hope we got you inspired. Maybe maybe you haven't seen these in a while. Maybe go back and watch them. Go back and rewatch them. Yeah, I, I know I did just to just so we could do this video. It was fun. Yeah, I I want to rewatch the original trilogy just to see how those stood in my top five. I went back and rewatched The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. Um, and Rogue One. Rogue One was on my list for a while until I rewatched Last Jedi. I was like, no, no, Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, this was a controversial list, but it felt good getting it out. Yeah, it felt good getting it out of my system, too, man. Jeez. We're like really becoming like a nerdy podcast. We are. We got to do something that's like pretentious. Yeah, we gotta do something that's pretentious, and we gotta do something that's cool. Let's do top five Michael Bay movies next. Let's okay, let's that. not get crazy. Let's, let's do like, let's, let's not get wacky. Like, like we should do like something, something. I don't know what's like. What's very pretentious? Cerebral horror movies. Let's mm. do let's do top five. Um, well, we could do top five non-English language films. That is nice. That's pretentious. That's beautiful. And it's not nerdy. And it makes us look like smart, educated, well-rounded people that don't just like Star Wars and Marvel movies, goddammit. Let's do it. Maybe we'll do that some sometime down the line. But Foreign language films? For now, adios. Alright, you have been watching Babylon with the boys. Or, I guess, listening to. I'm Carsh <laughs> Gervais. Same thing. Yeah, I'm Carsh Gervais. And as of tomorrow, I'm going to witness protection from, from the Star Wars fans. So, uh, this will be our last recording. I, I hope we've entertained you with the time that we've had. The short time we've had together. The short time. My name's Spencer Fleming, or as of tomorrow, you may also know me as John Senior. The next time you see me, I might be a six foot three white male with blonde hair. John Senior. Oh yeah, that's that's my witness protection name. Oh. Um. Oh, there we go. There we go. I'm not sure what mine will be. Um, if I could choose, I'd probably be like Franklin or something. Franklin. Yeah, Franklin. Franklin? I I used to think I'd I'd want my name to be Atticus, but then no, I tried it at a Starbucks once, and nobody got it. Nobody understood Atticus. Mm. They're just like, um, is there an at here? At. <laughs> like, what? what? There was puts, puts at symbol. Yeah, <laughs> that's my name. Is I think the, the at symbol. The, the craziest thing I've tried is uh, I, I did Shark Quantasia at a, at a Starbucks. Did they get it? They were like, what? And it was right after the whole uh, Starbucks thing where the two dudes got arrested. 
And I was like, is it a race thing? And I, like, got really up- uppity about it. And then they were like, oh, well, yeah, fine. Like, fine. <laughs> I started, like, freaking out. I got a free coffee. It was a whole thing. Um, yeah, I was doing it in New York, and they did not care. So they were just like, he was asking how it was spelt, and I had to, like, try and spell it out for them. Oh, no. And then it didn't even matter because the person at the thing was just like, at? At? At here? Good for them. Love whatever movie you want. Love whatever Star Wars movie you want. If Rise of Skywalker is your favorite Star Wars movie, that's all right. Is it? If if Clone, if Star Wars Episode Two Clone Wars is your favorite, it's all right. I won't. I won't judge you. I'll just like. Well, I won't judge you. Kind of think to myself. Hmm. I wonder who broke them. You know, like was it a childhood trauma? <sighs> all right. Stay spicy. Spicy!